I'm Lisa Stone. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Parenting Aces. Welcome back to the Parenting Aces podcast. I'm so glad that you decided to tune in this week. I am back from some crazy traveling. As you all know, I was at the U.S. Open for a few days. And right after getting back from there, I had the opportunity to travel to Russia and to Belarus with my mom for totally personal travel, totally personal vacation. But it was an incredible trip, and I'm so happy to be back. This week's podcast that you are getting ready to listen to was recorded prior to my trips, so keep that in mind as you listen. But I want to welcome Todd Whittem back to the show. Todd has been on several times in the past, and recently he and I have been exchanging emails about some different things going on in the tennis world, and specifically having to do with online coaching and all of the online marketing that's being done by various coaches and academies. And so we decided we're going to put together a little series of podcasts for y'all on this topic. And the first episode is today. And we are going to tackle the issue of the business of the tennis business. Todd has a really unique perspective on this as a coach himself, but also as someone who came up through the juniors and still consults with his own junior coach as a mentor now that Todd is running his own coaching facility. And so I think you have a lot to learn from him this week, and I look forward to our future episodes in this series. But for now, sit back and relax and enjoy the wisdom of Todd Whittem. I'm so happy to be back with Todd Whittem. Todd, it's been quite a while since we've chatted. So thanks for coming back on the show. I'm glad to have you. Thanks very much, Lisa. I'm very excited to uh, have another excellent show with you. Well, we always have good conversations. So I anticipate this will be another one of those. And I think the subject matter is one that is of interest to a lot of people out there, especially parents who are shelling out the dough for lessons and drills and tournament coaching and all of those things. And that is the business side of tennis, be it uh, an individual coach or an academy. But really, you know, we're going to dig into and delve into how these entities function from the business side and things that parents need to understand when making that choice of where to take their kid. That's a, these are all uh, great topics. Uh, you know, many many people are uh, you know searching for you know new areas, and new places to either move or you know move their child to. And uh, you know this this should be an excellent show about you know what the business side of tennis is, and uh, you know people need to be very aware where they're going to be spending their precious dollars. For sure. And what's so interesting is. You know, the Internet is a fabulous source for information on a variety of topics, obviously, and tennis is one of those. You can find just gobs and gobs of information online, whether it's YouTube videos or various websites or discussion forums about tennis and tennis development and how to teach a forehand and the mental side of the game. 
Um, and so I think it's really important to hear from you as a coach who is part of the online community about how people are positioning themselves online and what maybe some of the buzzwords are or buzz phrases are that we as consumers need to be aware of and maybe ask some additional questions of. Well, to start, I mean, there's, there's, there's tons of information on the internet, whether it's, uh, you know, in my mind, whether it's good information or maybe not so good um, from a parental perspective, you know, and, you know, many parents that don't know much about tennis, you know, they may be trying to teach their kids or copy some things that they see online. And uh, what I can tell you is, you know, each and every child is different. You know, their, their, their bodies are different. Their minds are different. Their background of their training is different. You know, so they all come from different backgrounds. So, you know, the, the cookie cutter mold for someone that is trying to teach online lessons, you know, that they have the, the path to the future and this is the way you need to hit a forehand, this is the way you need to hit a backhand. To me, that's not right. And as the U.S. Open is going on, each and every one of these players all have different backgrounds. They all have different body types and they, and they may all strike the ball a little bit differently. They all strike the ball, obviously, incredibly well, but they, they all hit the ball different. No one has the same techniques. And so the cookie cutter mold, to me, it doesn't work. And, and I can tell you, I've, I've trained kids here in South Florida for seven years, and many times without them even telling me, they can, I can watch their techniques and I, I can know right away who has trained them because I've trained certain players and many players from these certain you know, areas and academies and coaches and, and they're teaching all the same. And to me, that's wrong. You know, the way that I was trained being, you know, five foot 10, five foot 11 was completely different than someone else I was training with that was, you know, six foot four or six foot six. I mean, they're, they're two totally different animals. So, you know, the online instruction work for, for one or some, or, you know, maybe not even working at all, but, you know, the, the cookie cutter mold and this is the right way and this is the path to the future and I got the magic pill and everything, that's just, you're, you're dreaming. So, I mean, from the parent side, you know, there, you do a, a Google search for tennis coach and, I mean, there are a gajillion pages that pop up. When I'm looking at a coach's or an academy's website, some of them are pretty impressive. They list credentials. You know, I was an ATP player or WTA player. Um, you know, I've coached, you know, X number of kids to number one or to D1 scholarships. And those things may be true, but they may be true in the most general sense. And when we start kind of digging down into what that means to say I was an ATP or WTA player, or I coached kids to D1 scholarships. What are some of the questions we need to ask about that? Well, yeah, I mean, those, those are very general, uh, general answers. And there's a lot of fantastic marketing schemes. And uh, I look at them periodically, uh, you know, of, of, you know, of the websites that are, you know, in South Florida and around the country. And, uh, 
you know, some, some of the players that are listed are, are players that, that I competed with or I did extensive training with. And uh, some of the people on the websites I've never heard of. So, you know, it, for, for, from a parental perspective, you know, some of the questions are, how long did you train this player for? Where did they start? And then, and then where, where did they end up? Um, you know, what, what are your credentials? I mean, if, 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 if a pro is, is walking around saying that he was an ATP pro, I mean, what does that really mean? I mean, I was an ATP pro and, uh, you know, someone ranked a thousand in the world could say that they were on the ATP tour or WTA tour. Um, so, you know, what, what does that really mean? And then, you know, I keep seeing, I was a hitting partner for this person or that person. So you were paid to hit some balls with these players. So does that mean that you were coaching them? Uh, no, that does not mean you're the coach. That means, you know, you were the hitting partner. So you're qualified to, to hit a tennis ball. You're not qualified to be coaching. Um, so the, the parents, they need to, you know, they really need to do their research. Uh, you know, I, I've had phone calls over the years saying, you know, I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars and, uh, you know, I haven't really seen any results and, and the parents are, are not happy and they're panicking and they want their, their children to go to great colleges and they really thought it would turn out much better than it did. And, and, you know, and we can go on and on and on. Um, so, you know, the, the, the marketing of, of many websites are, are very strong. I look at them and say, wow, this is really good. And it could be people that I've never heard of. So then, you know, I start doing some research and, uh, you know, maybe it's truthful, maybe not so truthful. Um, so, you know, that, you know, that the parents, they need to, they need to do their research. They need to ask questions. They need to talk to, um, you know, previous clients of, uh, of, of these certain systems or academies. And, you know, I mean, you're making an investment in your child's future. And, uh, at, at the very least, you know, if, if they're going to be, you know, spending all this time on the court and everything, there needs to be results and there needs to be goals and it needs to be mapped out. And there's a whole process that you go through so that, uh, you know, these, these goals and dreams can, be, can become a reality. And let me just say, it is super easy to pull somebody up on the ATP or WTA website and see exactly where they were, what they did, how many matches they won, what tournaments they played, et cetera, et cetera, even prize money. You know, you can see the prize money. Um, so, you know, for somebody to claim they were on tour, like you said, they could be ranked a thousand plus. Yes, they may have played in a couple of tour events. Um, and so they can, you know, legitimately make that claim to have been on the tour. But what does that mean in reality? You know, were they playing major tournaments or were they playing, you know, the smaller events or, you know, what what is their history out there and how does that translate to their ability to actually coach your child? Right. And and to me, that's the most important. That's the most important thing. What What you just said was. How can they translate that to coach your child? Um, there are many, many phenomenal players that end up coaching and, uh, you know, they have, you know, maybe a great career in tennis and they were great professionals and then they want to get into the coaching arena. And that's a whole different ballgame. You know, the way that you communicate, the way that you can translate information, you know, many, there's many, many different aspects to coaching. And, you know, I've learned that over the seven years that, that I've been 
that I've been coaching and I, and I've had a lot of different personalities to deal with. I've had a lot of different, you know, techniques to deal with. I've had a lot of different parenting situations to deal with. And so, you know, it's really relating to, you know, that in that individual player and trying to get the most out of, out of that player and, you know, and, and make sure that you understand the goals and the dreams and make sure that that is realistic. And, uh, and then you can, you know, work on improving their games and helping them improve. But in terms of having a coach who was a great player, I mean, that that's great. They can, they could hit tennis balls with you. That's good. But could they maybe fix something that needs, needs some tweaking or needs some fixing and, can they relate to the player and, you know, and, and there's, you know, many, many other aspects to the job other than just hitting balls. I mean, I could, you know, go and hit with my students all day long. I mean, I did play on the ATP tour. I was, you know, pretty, pretty high ranked and I can hit with my students all day long and never give them any information. And I'm not sure that would be so, so beneficial to them, but uh, they could say, well, I hit with Todd for five hours today and, and it was great, but you know, I don't know if that's always, you know, the, what, what exactly what they need. It may be what some need just depends on what they're working on at the moment. But, you know, that, that's, that's really rare. I haven't had cases where I, I've only needed to go out and hit a bunch of balls. That would, that would actually be quite easy. Right. Right. Well, so let's talk about this business piece of things. You know, there's a wide variety in the prices that coaches charge and academies charge some upwards of a thousand dollars an hour for coaching which just seems insane to me but it's out there um you know i've heard stories of people who have gone to nick Bolitari and you know i love the man he's he's an awesome icon of our sport but somebody told me they paid $5,000 for a private lesson for their child with Nick Bolitari. I, I just, I'm hard pressed to see how that makes any sense. I, I'm curious to hear your take on that. Well, uh, my take on it is, um, do you want a celebrity tennis lesson or would you like you know, a tennis lesson that, that may help your child for their future or, you know, what, what are you really looking for? Um, in, t- in terms, in terms of the numbers for, for a tennis lesson, um, you know, I mean, each, each and every environment could, could be different, you know, depending on the credentials and where they're located and, and all those different things. Um, is a one hour tennis lesson going to change your child's life? No. It's, it's not. I mean, they could maybe tweak something up, but it takes thousands and thousands of repetitions the right way for something to be fixed or something to be developed. And I can tell you that, you know, because I've done it and I've done it with kids because really my business started in South Florida of, of, of children that, you know, were late in the ball game and the parents were you know, unhappy with the results. And, and now they're becoming juniors and seniors in, in high school. And they need to go to a good college or they want to go to a good college and they need to have results and it needs to happen in a timely fashion. And so really the only way to fix up maybe some of the habits at that age is you spend a lot of hours with the child. And I'm talking four or five hours a day with, with that child fixing and fixing and fixing and, and 
continuing to have repetitions over and over and over again the right way so that you can develop good habits and they can go to, you know, uh, a college that they would really like to go to. And then they can go have a great four years of college tennis. But if you think that there's some magic dust or pill or whatever, or some magic lesson with this one or that one, and it's going to change your child's tennis career, then you were just sold a, a bill of goods. And, uh, you know, they're very happy to take your money and you can have a nice little one hour experience. And, uh, you know, they're hoping that you'll come back and take another one. But, you know, serious tennis players, you know, kids that that I deal with that are high performance, serious kids, you know, I spend five hours a day with with these kids and there's really no other way for them to progress at such a rapid rate than if, you know, if if you're not spending that, that kind of time with them. Now, they are homeschooled. So if it is after school, then it's, you know, two or three hours after school, very, very high discipline. Um, a lot of repetitions, a lot of physical workouts, and then you can start to see some really good results. But, you know, uh, a one hour lesson, you know, at, at any at any price, you know, is, you know, maybe you can get a nice little perspective and they can give you a, a little assessment of where the child is at. But it's going to it's it takes tons and tons of repetition and hours to see things fixed or changed or you know, and, and then to see them in tournaments where there's pressure involved is a whole different animal as well. So, and I can tell you, so I've had students that, you know, have come to me late, very late in the ballgame and they've needed things fixed. And I can tell you it's taken those amount of hours every single day and for it to be cleaned up and, and, and basically, you know, fixed for tournaments and they show it in tournaments, it takes six to nine months to clean that up. It's not taking a one-hour tennis lesson here and there or whatever. That that's your, you're just padding the pocket really of the tennis pro, and he's happy to take your money. If you want my honest opinion, that's that's not going to do much. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's um, you know there is something to be said for having the experience of taking a lesson with a quote celebrity pro. Um, you know, it's just something to add to your kind of resume of tennis and these are things that I've done in my tennis years, you know, so it's kind of cool, but yeah, some of the, some of the prices that these celebrity coaches are charging is um, it's just crazy, but they, they do it. They get away with it. People are continuing to be willing to pay it. So more power to them, I guess. Yeah. Hey, I mean, listen, if people are willing to pay it, then then that's great. You know, I mean, I've had people, I've had kids and parents come to me and they've wanted me to give them an assessment of where their child was at. Um, you know, and I'll spend a couple hours with them and I'll go over everything, you know, from their techniques to how they can construct tennis points and, you know, and how they move and what kind of shape they're in. And I'll test out, you know, all the different avenues. So for them, they, they really think that's a worthwhile investment, you know, whether they want to train with me or not on a full-time basis, but at least they're getting a, a truthful assessment, you know, kind of, of where their child is at, you know, so that, you know, for, for them to spend those couple hours is, uh, you know, is, is very valuable, you know, so, you know, but, um, you know, in terms of a, of a celebrity lesson, I mean, there's really, you know, it might be a cool experience to spend an hour or so you know, with, with this one or that one, but, you know, in terms of improvement or development, you know, I'm, I'm not so sure, you know, there's really, there's no, you know, it's not rocket science, 
the tennis. Uh, some make it sound like it's rocket science, but I can tell you because I played at a pretty high level of amateur and professional tennis that it's not rocket science, but it takes a lot of very, very tough hours and a lot of great repetitions um, to make it happen. <clears throat> and you have to go about the process in, in a disciplined manner each and every day. And, uh, and then things may work out for your child. Yeah, there's a lot of luck involved, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's there's definitely luck involved. I mean, there's there's luck involved. There's there's a lot of hard work involved. There's a, you know, there's there's money involved. There's pressure involved. There's you know, some people are relocating to different areas, especially South Florida. So then you know, there's expectations. Um, you know, there's there's a there's a lot of things um, involved. Uh, luck, yeah, you there, there's luck involved, but you make your luck. You know, I mean the 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 harder I was working as, you know, if we want to just talk about amateur tennis, you know, the more matches I was winning, the more disciplined I became, the more focused I became, the better my results were. Um, you know, but I was also in an environment where my coaches cared dearly for me and the other, the other kids that they were training. I mean, they would, they were into player development. And I had this discussion with the coach that trained me for 20 years and he said, you know, tennis has changed a lot. We were into player development, producing tennis players, you know, not producing masses of children and filling tennis courts. We were into player development and, and producing the best players that we could, whether it was going to a mid-range college or a very high-level college or becoming a professional tennis player. And those are the things that I'm not seeing a lot in the country is you know we're 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 producing masses of kids at, at in big systems and we have uh you know pros or you know some whatever you want to call them and they're feeding balls and they could be chaperones or you know it could be a daycare and uh you know we're selling you know yeah, i mean we're we're selling high performance and you know i'm not seeing you know high performance kids if you want my honest opinion i'm not seeing high performance kids you know, playing tournaments and everything. And, and so, you know, th those words are, are, you know, they're, they're thrown around a lot. And, uh, quite honestly, I mean, I'm teaching many of the things that, that I'm teaching, you know, the kids that I'm training on a daily basis, I learned at a much younger age. So, you know, so the, you know, the backgrounds of the student and the, and the foundations are, are rocky. So, like I said, the, the way to fix that is you have to be there all day with the kids they have to want to really train well and hard and then they're going to start seeing results. But you know, they, it may take a little time because habits are difficult to break. And I'm, I'm not talking about just habits of forehands and backhands. I'm talking about habits of, you know, physicality or even mentally like kind of retooling their brain because maybe they were, you know, taught this or that, or, you know, just, just whatever the background of the student is. You know, there's there could be many different things that that need adjustments or fixing. Yeah, definitely. Well, so how do we discern the high performance coaches from the chaperones? I love that word. I'm I'm gonna adopt that in my writing now. <laughs> the ones that are just out there, basically hanging out with the kids calling themselves a coach, but not really teaching anything. How do we as parents make that determination, especially if we aren't knowledgeable about the sport? Well, you know, I mean, 
you know, if, if you're if you're in a system with, with masses of, of children, it's like if you took your child to high school and say you could pay, you know, the money for a private school and there's 15 kids in a class. Or if you went to public school and now there's 40 or 50 in the class. So, you know, it also depends on, you know, how good the professor is and managing, you know, the, the classroom and everything. But, you know, I remember when I was being recruited for the University of Miami, there were going to be 20 kids in my classroom in college, or I could go to a state school and there were going to be, there could possibly be hundreds of kids. So that was very attractive to me, you know, to have a classroom with, with fewer kids and the, and the, the professors were available, you know, after, after class to answer questions or help you with, you know, some of the, some of the stuff that they were teaching, you know, and, and the tennis is, tennis is the same. I mean, if there's masses and masses of kids, I don't understand how that can be managed, you know, and, and I've thought about this many, many times as I see, you know, kids, you know, coming from this place or that place or whatever. And I'm not sure how you, how you manage that. And I don't know how you manage, you know, all the different personalities as well. So, and what I mean by that is how you're meshing kids that are, you know, really trying to, you know, reach high levels of tennis. And then maybe some kids that really aren't interested in reaching high levels of tennis. And, you know, it all depends on how serious they are and the environment that was created um, for, you know, for that particular place. But, you know, I mean, in, in terms, in terms of the, of the business of, of taking on masses of students, you know, you have a lot of things to take care of and I'm not sure how that, how that can really be done. Um, but then again, it also depends on the goals and the dreams of the child and the parent. Um, in terms of learning, in ter- you know, basically in terms of learning, what I'm, what I'm seeing and hearing is that, you know, the particular coach will try to learn and teach in, in a lesson. And then in, in group settings, there's a lot of repetitions and everything, but that's also, that's the business side of tennis. You know, assistant coaches make their most money in teaching a tennis lesson. They don't make their most money in teaching groups, you know, so so if you really want to be learning from that particular pro and then you may like that particular pro, then you have to try to get them privately. It's going to cost you more money. And, you know, the groups can be maybe for playing points or, you know, or drilling and th- and those types of things. But, you know, it, it all go it comes back to how good, you know, that coach is at, at developing tennis players, but as well as, how serious and, you know, the, the parent and then the player is about achieving their goals and dreams. Well, let's talk a little bit more about this because you bring up something that makes me think that we're really talking about two issues here. There's the business side of tennis from the coach slash academy side. And then there's the business side of tennis from the family side, right? Um, we've got two different economic structures at work here, you know, um, you've got the parents trying to figure out how best to spend their tennis dollars, and you've got the coaches trying to figure out how best to maximize their time on court in terms of income. And, you know, you said that where the coaches make the most money is in private lessons. That's also then where the parents are going to be spending the most money and going to be, you know, that's going to take a bigger hit out of their overall budget. So from the parent side, 
you have to be able to figure out kind of a, a plan that works best for your child in terms of balancing the amount of money you spend on private lessons versus group lessons versus practice matches, which in theory should be free. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree uh, 100% with what you're saying. Um, you know, with a good coach, they're going to map that out for you. And, uh, you know, obviously everyone's budget is is different, but, um, you know, each and every child is different as well. You know, so, I mean, for for me to speak about, you know, masses of kids, you know, it all depends on really what they need. Um, you know, but, as a general statement. Just, yeah. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, let me just throw this out there, though. You know, with a good coach, a good coach is going to, like you said, map out for the family how many private lessons, how many group lessons, how many practice matches over the course of a week or a month or a three-month period, let's say, that a kid needs, depending on what the child's goals are. And so as a red flag maybe to look for, if your child's coach is not doing that for your family, then maybe it's time to start asking some hard questions about whether you're with a good qualified coach. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, you know, it, this, this, this whole junior development, high performance tennis for, for, you know, for, for juniors, it, it takes a lot of planning and it takes a lot of structure and it takes a, you know, a, a lot of discipline on, on everyone's part to to make it work. I mean, I get on the court every single day with the select kids that I train, and I already have a picture in my mind what they're going to be working on. They know exactly what they're going to be working on, and we're going to attack it for four to five hours every single day. And I'm monitoring every single minute of it. There's not an assistant that I'm wondering what he's doing or that just got out of college and he needs coach he needs to be coached to be coached to be coaching that's that's not you know that's 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 not why people come to me but you know in 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 terms of you know choosing the right person and 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 you know and 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 what is right for my child that needs to be mapped out and then based on their progress and based on, you know, their tournament scheduling and seeing how they're doing and the coach needs to monitor and seeing if they're applying those things in tennis tournaments and they have to go watch them and they have to monitor. And if there's a personal trainer that's involved, they need to talk to the trainer and say, hey, these are the things that this, that this child needs um, physically for, for all this to work. And, you know, and, and it's a whole management of of the junior tennis player so that, they can they can progress, you know. And, and I tell I tell this my students that I train on a daily basis, as well as their parents, is that all these different things, you know, whether it's you know physical, tactical, mental, nutritional, you know, all these different elements. If there's something misfiring, then the results are going to suffer, and and that's that's the brutal honesty of it. But also the kids that I train 
are their goals are very very high and they're trying to achieve some very big things and uh and I expect that um I expect for them to be achieving these things because I'm spending 5 hours a day with them and so if I didn't expect these things from them I wouldn't spend all these hours with them on a daily basis I would maybe have a staff and I would tell them what to do and I'd go into the air conditioning or I, you know, or I would go teach lessons on the side that would earn me more money. And, uh, but that, that's really not me. And I want to see these, these children do well. And I know exactly what it takes for them to do well. And, uh, I'm not guessing on what we need to be doing. And it's been made very clear to them and their parents what we're going to be doing. You know, I, I'm thinking about all of this and, and this whole notion of, you know, how expensive it is to develop a, a junior player from beginning to, let's say, college. And the cost of traveling to tournaments and the cost of lessons and the cost of equipment and this and that and the other thing, personal trainers, nutritionists, uh, you know, all of that stuff. And I'm wondering how much of that is a function of really good marketing by really mediocre coaches and academies. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a that's a good statement. I mean, um, you know what I what I can tell you is. The coaches that I that I grew up with, two Argentine coaches, there was no doubt in my mind and my parents' mind that when you saw them working with junior tennis players and college players and the best tennis players in the world on the ATP and WTA tour, that they could develop. Okay. There wasn't a lot of marketing going on. You know what their marketing was? Their marketing was sit right there and watch me train these kids, and then you'll understand why they're so good. That was the marketing, right? And I saw that from when I was six or seven years old to when I retired from the tour at 26. You saw kids improving at a drastic rate, and they knew exactly how to do it. They knew the discipline and every day of what it takes to make it happen, as well as the students were serious and they wanted results, the parents were serious. And they wanted results, um, you know, so that was the marketing. There obviously wasn't, uh, you know, for, you know, my, my younger years of, of uh, coming through junior tennis, there wasn't the internet and all that marketing. The marketing was our kids are doing extremely well. And if you really want to see what's going on, we'll go watch a workout. <laughs> that was the marketing. And right. uh, there wasn't a show put, there wasn't a show put on. There, no one was, you know, tap dancing around because uh, a client walked through the door that day. They were there producing players, putting in hours all day long. They didn't have a bunch of fancy pictures for a website. They were out there all day long. And really, and, 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 and it's pretty funny is that, you know, I brought in my coach that I watched produce champions for 20 years and even before me. And I brought him in to help me with my students. And so they haven't heard, obviously, of, 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 you know, Peter Arnold, the one that I brought in, but, you know, their, their parents may have been asking around and, and, and he's, he's very well known in the area for producing phenomenal players. Is there a fancy website? No. Are there a bunch of pictures with a bunch of national champions and ATP 
champions and, you know, people that you've seen on TV play tennis? No, but you know, you have to do your research, you know, and there's a lot of great marketing schemes. They want to make your, make money and they're trying to bring in as many people as they can. And, uh, you know, some are very, very polished and they sound good and they've worked for, you know, maybe other big academies or they've worked for the USTA and they, and they've done a lot of work and, uh, but it does not mean that they're doing, you know, a great job developing, you know, I mean, it, it really, you know, you have to do your research about it. And, uh, but what I've seen and things that I've seen on the internet is that it could be really tough to tell, you know, who's, who's doing a great job with, uh, with the kids, but, um, you know, you have to uh, ask around, you got to talk to previous clients, kids that are, you know, maybe in college that came through some of these systems and, uh, and, uh, you know, try to, you know, you know, educate yourself the the best that you can, because you're making a, a big investment, not only financially, but a lot of time and a lot of effort. And, uh, you know, before you know it, you know, the, the children will be going off to, uh, off to college and, uh, you know, you don't want to be looking back saying, Oh, I'm, I made, you know, this mistake or that mistake, because some of the, some of the mistakes that I'm seeing, they're going to cost, you know, the, the kids dearly and, uh, they may not realize it in the present moment, but they're going to realize it later on when, when, the, when the child is, you know, trying to get into a college or in college. And that, that's, that's not, uh, always a, a comforting uh, conversation. No. And, and I mean, we've talked about that a lot on this podcast about the fact that, you know, the junior tennis years are only, I mean, we only have eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years at the most really to develop these kids. If college tennis is the goal. And if you, if you waste, three months, six months longer in a bad coaching situation, that's time that you never get back. It is gone. And I, you know, I can talk from experience on this. I mean, it's, it's heartbreaking to realize that your child's been in the wrong situation or a situation that wasn't properly preparing them for the next level. And there's really nothing to do about it at that point, except make the necessary change and move forward, you know, you can't dwell on the fact that you've lost that time, but it feels awful when you realize it. Yeah. I mean, these are, you know, these are, these are some of the discussions I have, you know, I mean, people have, you know, relocated to Florida and this is how my, my systems got started was, you know, I'm one of the few guys in South Florida, if not the country, where there's an organized, small system, private coaching of kids that I want to coach on a daily basis. If I didn't want to spend my five hours a day with these kids, I wouldn't do it. And either would Pierre. And we're we're basically handpicking the ones that we want to spend our time with that that deserve that, as well as their parents deserve that. But, you know, like I said, you know, if you want to fix something, it takes all these hours and it's going to take six to nine months to fix many, many habits. And I've done it with a bunch of players already in, in seven years. And then they're, then they can be on their way to be doing some great things. And it's tough. It's grueling work. And it takes a lot of effort, obviously from the players, but from the coaches as well, 
I mean, I don't come out there and just hanging out in the shade and, you know, just, just, you know, having a lovely day in South Florida. It's a lot of tough work, but there's a commitment on not only, you know, the, the, the child's part and, and the parents part, but from the coaches as well, there's, it has to work on, you know, from both parties and then you can start to see some really great things. But, you know, like I said, it really all depends what you want. Well, you know, we're talking about what parents need to be looking for in coaches and and looking out for red flags and marketing schemes and all of that. You as a coach, because you're so selective with the kids you're working with, what are some of the things you look for in the kids and in the parents when they come to you and say, hey, Todd, I want to work with you? Sure. I mean, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's definitely a couple of things. Um, now, first of all, they have to want to, want to learn, you know, and, you know, and it could be something that's, that's super uncomfortable for them, but they have to want to learn and they have to want to apply and they have to want to, you know, be out there, you know, trying their best to do those things. Is it going to be easy? No. Is it going to be easy for me? No, it's not. I'm going to go through many, many hours with, with these kids and, you know, there could be many, many uncomfortable moments. And I can tell you that, you know, um, no one has brought me, you know, kids that are, you know, superstars or, you know, easy cases where I haven't had to put in tons of work into, into the kids, you know, where they're so highly produced and I just needed to put them through a nice, easy workout and, you know, and then, uh, you know, make them feel good and, and, you know, and, and they'll be on their way and they'll be a champion. You know, some of the cases I've had have been very difficult cases and highly stressful cases because of many of the things that they needed to work on and in a time frame that these certain aspects needed to be improved. So that those, those, those cases were, were tough. Some, some cases are, were a little, are a little bit easier, but in terms of you know what what I'm looking for, I'm looking for kids that are that are motivated, that want to learn, that want to apply the information, and then I'm very happy to be training those children. Um, if do if they don't do those, those things, things yeah. how do you assess well, those things the, when they come to you? Sure, the one of the first things I do when a, when a new student is is thinking of coming to me. I take them and I put them through a workout on my own. You can call it a lesson. You can call it an assessment, you know, whatever you would like. But I have my system of kids that I want to be spending my, my hours with. And I put them through a whole assessment. And then we, we speak about what their goals and dreams are and what they would like out of their tennis. And then their parents are there as well. And I want to make sure that everything is clear before I let really anyone in, into my into my system that I've worked so hard to produce and for it to be so special. And I've made commitments to the the current kids that I'm training now. So they have to fit in very, very well. And, you know, I mean, it, it may hurt my pocket in the short term, but my happiness and, and, and what I've tried to produce here in South Florida is is something special. And I've made commitments to the families of uh, of the kids that I train and and they have relocated to South Florida, some of them and actually most of them, 
And, uh, and so, you know, I don't go back on my word and they know that I'm going to spend many, many hours with them and I'm going to help them be placed properly in college. And, uh, you know, and, and then I'm going to manage their, their tennis careers to the absolute best of my knowledge as well as Pierre as well. So, you know, those, those are really the things that I look for. Um, if I think that it's someone that might not fit into my system, then, uh, that's, that's a different discussion. They either need to maybe do private time outside of my system to maybe boost their level so that they can fit in. Or unfortunately I have turned away clients because, you know, it just wasn't the right fit. You know, what I run is not a tennis academy. It is not taking on every single person that, that calls me that can pay me money. So, you know, that, that, that's how I do things. And it's, it's very different. And, uh, but, uh, that's the best way I know to maximize each player's ability. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what are some specific things that have happened maybe, you know, with, with a kid or even with a family, with a parent that have caused you to say, mm, no, thanks. Well, usually, usually it's, 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 it's mental. Um, it could, you know, it could be, you know, attitude problems. Um, it could, you know, so, I mean, I've had, unfortunately, I've had some parents admit to me that there's mental illness in the family and, and, uh, you know, so there's problems at home. Um, so that, you know, those are, those are things that where, where it becomes very, very difficult or, you know, if the attitudes of, of the player are not are not really good, then uh, you know there there could be problems. And and not only that, I'm, I don't know how I can recommend one of my students when I know that there's you know ser- serious issues mentally. Um, so you know, I don't I don't know college coaches that would you know really like that for four years. So you know, but you you know usually. You know, I mean, anyone that's coming to me and they've they've seen, you know, maybe some of my social media stuff or they've, you know, they've they've gotten to know some of the kids that I've trained. They know that that it's very that's very serious. And and, uh, you know, there's a commitment on on both ends, you know, from from the from the players and their parents, as well as from Pierre and I. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So let's get back to this whole notion of the bells and whistles and all the fancy sparkly things that coaches and academies use to try and convince us to come to them. And what is kind of, I mean, how how do you see this changing as a kind of paradigm for junior tennis? Because I feel like we've had several years now of all this, you know, kind of the the weekend certification and now I'm hanging out my shingle and I'm a coach and all of a sudden, you know, I have all these credentials even though I've never really coached anybody in my entire life and I'm charging $100 an hour for your child to come work with me. Um, this has been going on for several years now and the result of that is, you know, we're seeing more people, I think, dropping out of the game because of frustration and fewer kids sticking 
sticking with it for the long haul. And I think it's, I, I feel like it's reached a critical mass that it's time for the pendulum to start swinging back the other way where we get back to having maybe a smaller number of coaches and academies out there, but the ones that are out there are really high quality. What do you see that we can do or or that could happen in order for that pendulum to start to swing back toward the, quote, right direction? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, you want my honest opinion? I have no idea. Um, There's no regulation. So I don't know if that's good or that's bad. Um, it could be bad for some people that are paying money. Um, you know, I, in, in, ter- in terms of is, is, if the person is qualified, you, you have to do your research. Um, anyone can get a bucket of balls and say they're a tennis coach. And so that, uh, that can be difficult for, for parents to understand um, what, what they're buying. Um, you know, I've had parents come to me and I say, Oh, you know, who'd, who'd you work with this or that, whatever. And, uh, you know, I know that those particular people had no background of tennis and they learned tennis off the internet and they're trying to earn a living at teaching tennis. Um, so that's, that could, you know, that that that's difficult. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Yeah, but I don't, then you can you can look at Richard Williams as an example of somebody who knew nothing about tennis, learned it from reading books and watching videotapes, and produced two world champions. So, you know, the the flip side is it can be done, right? I mean, the odds are not in your favor, but it certainly can be done. Well, sure. I mean, if you have two of the best athletes in the history of the United States, then maybe it could be done, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about, and I, trust me, I have trained with some of the best tennis players to ever touch a tennis racket in this country. So, yeah, they're different. Um, you know, the, the Williams sisters are a whole different animal. They did have coaching. Obviously, their, their father was highly influential and everything, but they did have coaching. Um, but in terms of world-class players, they're, if, if, if you're a parent and you don't really have a tennis background, uh, I, you know, hey, it could be done, but I, I wish you luck. Um, if you think you can take over and, and, uh, and, and train, uh, and train, you know, your, your child, you know, maybe w- without any, uh, credentials. Uh, to be doing that. I mean, I'm not going to become a doctor tomorrow. I understand fully what my coaches did with me and the process that they went through on a daily basis from when I was six to 26 years old. And I don't know how that would have happened with people or, or so-called coaches that did not have those credentials and what they mm-hmm. taught me and the disciplines and the techniques and the physicality and how to play tennis and how to compete and all those different things, that's not happening from someone who doesn't have credentials 
and doesn't know the game inside and out. So, you know, I mean, that's so from your that's perspective. From your perspective, you think that without the accountability, that things really, I mean, we're hard pressed to see a change because nobody is really overseeing this aspect of the game that, you know, anybody can hang a shingle out and call themselves a coach, whether or not they have the proper training and background to actually be an effective coach. And therefore, there's nothing to stop them at this point. Right. I don't see that changing at all. I don't see how that's going to change. I started with a bucket of tennis balls and one student. I started working well. I started working at an academy and it really wasn't for me. And I took a, you know, a, a, a huge pay cut and I started with one student to try to do something very special. Did I know that I could coach or become a good coach? That's not for me to say. You know, the results speak for themselves. So if my if the students that I'm training and the parents that that are obviously paying for my services if they think that those are satisfactory results, then they will continue to work with me. Um, did I know that my students would have great results? Did I know that they would go to the best schools in the country? Did I know that they would play very, very high in their lineups and that they would be exposed to some of the best you know, business people and hedge fund managers in the country because of their tennis? I didn't know that. I knew that I was going to come out every single day work really hard with them, see what they needed to work on, um, and try my best to, you know, see how well that they could progress. Did, um, did I have some of the best coaches in the world and in the country mentoring me through this? Absolutely. I still talk to them today. Um, so I've had many hours of discussions with those individuals as well. One is the one that coached me for 20 years who helps me with my students on almost a daily basis. And then there's a couple others as well. Um, so do I know everything? Nope. I don't claim to know everything about tennis and how to, how to manage it and everything. But my business that I run is based on results. And I understand that uh, a manager in, um, in Major League Baseball, their business is based on results. A, man, you know, a manager you know, or, or a head coach in, in football, in the NFL, or in college football, it's based on results. And I expect my business to be based on results as well. Um, so, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, being, you know, some kind of mega businessman and used car salesman trying to bring in clients for no good reason and, and doing those types of things to fill tennis courts. I want clients that want to spend their day with me. I want to spend my day with them and I want to see their child progress to the highest level that they can so that can set themselves up for a beautiful future. Now that future may be professional tennis. That future may be a great, you know, college program and then going on to have a fantastic job. That that's what I do on a daily basis. And each, each one of their goals and dreams are are different. Um, But in terms of, of coaching, you know, I didn't know. And if, and if really, if, if my results were not good, then I would probably start looking for other employment opportunities, but the results have been very, very good. And, uh, 
you know, and I'm going to continue to do it to the best of my knowledge each and every day with these select kids. And that, that's what I do. Um, do I see the coaching changing in the United States? No. And quite honestly, the coaches that I grew up with and the type of job that they did, not only with me, but with many other students, I don't see that. So I'm not sure where American tennis is headed. And, I, and I'm just talking about this on really a local level. I mean, I don't travel around the whole country and, you know, start looking at a bunch of different tennis systems and everything, but I do see players at tournaments and I, and, you know, I mean, I, I can, I can assess very, very easily what, you know, what, what, what they're, what, what, you know, they, they need to be working on and, and the process it'll take to fix those things. And, and I remember working on many, many different things with, with my coaches at a, you know, going through my, you know, going through my junior development. And, uh, I can tell you that the quality of coaching from what I've seen and the quality of the juniors that are coming out, it's a different level now. It's, it's not, it's, it's a much different time. And, and you can see it at the college level. We don't even need to talk about professional tennis, but we can see it at the college level where everyone is very concerned with, with foreign tennis players, you know, coming in and taking scholarships and everything that tells you what, what the quality is at this present time in this country. So I, I really hate to do this, but I feel like we're going to end this conversation with kind of some bad news, which is things are not getting easier for tennis parents out there. In fact, they're getting more complicated because there are more and more, quote, coaches that may or may not be qualified to develop junior players. And therefore, the job of the parent becomes that much more difficult in assessing a coach's ability, assessing a coach's knowledge, assessing a coach's desire to actually develop your child as opposed to collecting a paycheck every time you come out there. And, um, you know, that, that doesn't bode well in my mind. And I hope that at least the parents that are following along with Parenting Aces that are part of our community are at least getting enough education to make qualified choices when choosing their children's coaches and feel like they have the ammunition they need to go out there and choose the best possible coaches for their junior players. I I agree. Um, I was very fortunate to be born and raised here in South Florida during a time and during a time where the coaches that, that my, that my parents chose for me, they, they saw it right away. There was not any kind of hesitation at all of what I wanted out of, out of, out of my tennis and, and what the coaches were going to bring to the table. There was really no, there was no drama. There was no questioning. There was nothing. It was, what should we do next? You need to do this, this, and this. And okay, perfect. And we did it. And I've had these discussions with Pierre as well, that basically I was just, you know, given into his hands and here, go ahead, see how good, you know, Todd can be as a tennis player. 
and uh, you know there were, there was a hundred percent trust, and uh, and that was it. Whether I was going to become, you know, maybe maybe a decent college player or a great college player or you know maybe a phenomenal professional or a low level professional or whatever my goals and dreams were, but you know the process was was not really a complicated process and about what should we do next how how good can my can he be and you know what you know it was all managed and there was there was truth there was not a whole big selling game behind it it was we really think that he can become a great player and these are the things that we need to do no one has a crystal ball how good you know, your child can be, or maybe when I was developing as a junior player, no one has a crystal ball for that. And, uh, you go out and you, you try your best, but you, you need to be in the hands of someone who is well qualified and has done it before. And, but that takes a lot of research and then, you know, and, and then you can, uh, try your best and go through the process of, uh, of trying to make it happen. But if, uh, if the one guiding the ship is is not really doing the job or you have doubts then uh then it's 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 just not going to work out it's it's not, and you know unfortunately there's going to be some time wasted and you can't recover that time and and then uh you know you're going to be scratching your head and things won't be so smooth right well Todd thanks so much for taking time out to talk with us again this week and I look forward to our next conversation. We're, um, we're planning a little series of conversations around the business of the tennis world. And, and I think Todd's a great person to offer us additional insights into that. So um, thanks for joining us. Thanks very much, Lisa. I, I look forward to the show. Thank you. And to my listeners, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Parenting Aces. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Parenting Aces podcast and that you'll continue tuning in each week as we try to find the best guests to give you the best information as you navigate your child's junior and college tennis journey. I want to just remind you that if you haven't already, please do subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or iHeartRadio or Google Music or wherever you like to take in your podcast. And also, if you could share the podcast with your tennis community, that would be fantastic. We are currently seeking new sponsors for the podcast, and all the information on our sponsorship agreement is in the show notes. So please do check that out. And in the meantime, have a great week. And I look forward to catching you next time on Parenting Aces. I'm Lisa Stone, and you've been listening to the Parenting Aces podcast for tennis parents by a tennis parent. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to us and write a review on iTunes. For more information on navigating the junior and college tennis journey, visit us online at parentingaces.com. As always, a huge thank you to our sponsor, tennisballs.com.